This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Well, some uh, interesting financial news here with uh, yet another private company lining up at the trough of government bailouts. Uh, According to the Associated Press, the uh, American Express Company is now seeking $3.5 billion in funds under the government's plan to directly invest in financial firms. Sounds, Sounds like American distress. No kidding. I mean, the the whole idea that the government is now going to be an investor in the you know these companies. Of course, some people would say this is old news. Uh, we've heard that the confin- uh, what are they, the the CAFR reports, the Comprehensive Annual Financial Reports. There are allegations that suggest that for a long time governments have essentially used taxpayer dollars to purchase significant portions of shares of public corporations. So. They will, uh, you know, the people that are talking about what these Kaffir things are will say, well, you know, this has been going on forever. Now they're just doing it out. Now they're doing it even more out in the open. Now it's news. You know, no, before nobody wanted to talk about the Kaffirs. Uh, we mentioned them recently on this show, but most people in the news media, they know they exist, but they don't want to talk about them. There were people out west a few, I think back about 10 years ago, who were trying to expose a lot of that, and but the municipalities and states were saying, well, we stole it fair and square. Screw you. Well, yeah, people paid taxes, and they took some of that money in, and they uh, they invested it. And so they own shares in significant significant shares in big American corporations, names that people are very familiar with. They say that they're, uh, they own a lot of shares of the media companies, which it is suggested that that might be one of the reasons why they're so obedient to the state is because, well— State governments and uh, the federal government actually, and local governments actually own a significant chunk. Interesting. Well, that's, yeah, it's uh, the, mm. the comprehensive uh, annual financial reports, very intriguing. I'd like to see their statement now with all these stocks going down, tanking, boy. <laughs> I know that uh, Keynes' interest was up last year. They were up uh, from 2006 to 2007. It went from like a $1.5 million earned in interest on their in, uh, their investments to I think 2.5 million or something like that. Was this that. interest on bonds, let's say? Or, I'm not sure. Or were they dividends from? Companies? I don't know how to read these things. Yeah. I, I could be wrong on this, but I saw interest go from 1.5 million to 2.5 million. That's all I know. Because last year the Dow hit 14,000, and now it's right. uh, at eight something. <laughs> yeah, maybe things will uh, shake out differently for their 2008 report. But that's not where I wanted to go with this. I wanted to point out that now they're doing it out in the open. Now the federal government, it's been announced, is looking to buy shares of these public corporations. And that should be pretty disturbing to anybody that's, oh, I don't know, concerned with the rise of fascism, corporatism in America. Now, Mark, you were saying something during the beginning of the show, uh, talking about that you thought that American Express was a really ancient, decrepit, old organization. The the American Express card is, um, you know, one of the first credit cards that came out. I believe the first was Diners Club. Okay. Which I'd love to see a Diners Club card. I, I don't think I've seen one in a decade or two. two. Um, I, I haven't seen. I don't haven't seen a Diners Club card since my uncle Rod took me out to uh, to to eat when I was in my mid-teens. I remember he let me drive his Mercedes back Ooh. from the restaurant, and so I must have been fifteen or sixteen. Did he take you to Denny's? He, he took me to uh, the sea, Seafood Shack in Bradenton, Florida. All right. Um, <laughs> but. Um, 
besides that, diners, you know, uh, the American Express, it's, you know, they, their model is you can't hold the, 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 the debt over from month to month. You have to pay it off every month. So essentially it's, I don't even know, it's not really a credit card. It's like a, a buying card. They have some other term for it. But, you you know, you charge buy the card. stuff. Charge card. That's what it's called. And uh, so you have to pay it off every month. This is uh, antiquated. Uh, it, it doesn't allow as much latitude to the consumer. They certainly have more products out there. I believe they're, they're Ultima or they're Blue, um, that they have a couple of other things out there. But, you know, um, American Express not keeping up with uh, the rest of the banks. They're just not competing in the same way uh, very know, well. I was going to say, I have an American Express card that I don't use much, but about five years ago, they did allow now you to carry a balance if you want to. Oh, is that so? Yeah. Well, but let's not forget that American Express um, is the highest interest rate for a merchant to... Why would someone want to go with them? I don't... Uh, well, I, I don't know why. <laughs> why would you go with them over Visa or MasterCard? Um, people will often, uh, if you use an American Express or Discover, um, the merchant will, if it's especially if you're talking to like the guy who runs, who owns the store, he'll say, "Hey, you got an American Express or, or Visa or something like that?" Because mm-hmm. he would prefer to pay less. Right. He, you know, he wants to make more money, and um, so you know, it's <laughs> they're, they they just got a business model that, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't work. Also, up until just a few years ago, American Express charged an annual fee. Which, wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> That's really... It wasn't that much. Yeah, that is antiquated, isn't it? Yeah, and it was more for if you had a gold card than if you had a regular green American Express card. So here they are looking for $3.5 billion of your money, because remember, when the government... Is, uh, is, is they're essentially printing this money out. They're stealing it from your pocket. So w- whether you have an American Express card in your wallet or not, you're going to be supporting this company. Whether you you have an American Express card uh, and you say that they are allowing balances now, so maybe you owe them some money and you're paying them interest, well, now you're paying them even more through the magic of government inflation. Well, at least if they get the approval. I'm not sure if this has been... Approved. Uh, American Express did receive approval from the Federal Reserve to become a bank holding company, which is a similar structure to traditional commercial banks. The credit card company now has access to financing from the Fed and the ability to grow a large deposit base. So I think at this point they are seeking the $3.5 billion. But they're getting his- loans from the Fed, too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. Why are they getting loans from the Fed? Why can't they get loans from other banks? It doesn't make any sense they to me. They should be allowed to fail and have the same with GM. Someone- Start up. As far as I'm concerned, um, you know, GM is out there. They're competing. Why is Toyota, Honda, Nissan? Why are they doing so well? And GM, Ford, uh, uh, Chrysler. Why are they crapping out? Well, products must suck. It's well, not the products. Is they're really, average. The, the, the products are are fine. Um, they make Marketing? some really good looking warranty. Nope. nope. Take a guess. Legacy costs. Labor unions. Yes. Oh. They, you know, they have they have these huge deals worked out with labor unions, which mm-hmm. I'm fine with labor unions uh, working at these deals. But if the labor union smells bailout, they're not going to deal. And what ha- needs to happen? Either these companies need to go under, or the labor or, or the labor union needs to come to the table and dicker. And they're not going to if they smell a bailout. That's right. Um, you know, because the bailout will mean continued contract, and they won't have to right. tighten their belts as much. Right. Right. I mean, you know, if you're getting sixty, seventy, eighty dollars an hour, I don't know what these people are getting, but they're getting good, good money, um, great pensions, and all kinds of stuff. Stuff unlike the rest of us in the United States are getting, and they they kind of lean on this idea that we're the manufacturers. We, this country needs a manufacturing base. Wait a second. 
when you look at uh, the auto industry, you look at the big three, and then you look at, uh, say, gambling, Sands, uh, Sands, uh, the, 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 I don't know, the, the casino out in Vegas. Okay. They're, they just filed, I think, chapter, they, they filed to reorganize. They're, they're mm-hmm. having some big problems. Their stock's having some problems. They're a, the, the gambling industry is bigger than the, auto, the big three automakers as far as money goes. Wow. So yeah. why don't we bail out Sands? <laughs> There's jobs out there. It sounds ludicrous, doesn't it? Yeah. It's this, the magic of manufacturing. Right. Somehow the people that work in a factory are more worthy than the people that are flipping cards on a gambling table or that are serving drinks? No, I'll tell you what the, what the reasoning is behind it. Manufacturing does create goods that can be sold. Uh, in for, they're creating wealth, basically, because you're taking metal and you're taking rubber and you're taking different well, things. Well, everyone's creating together. wealth by providing, whether it's products or services. Sure. Right. sure. How much would the casino be worth if, they were, if it wasn't staffed with people? Sure, but services it cannot be exported as easily. So when you're bringing a lot of goods in from foreign countries, if you don't have goods to ship to them in exchange, you run a trade deficit, you see. That's okay. I understand, That's but what Hong how Kong many does. foreign countries are going to be buying our SUVs is really the question. I mean, you know, the fact is, when you, if you go to Europe and you look around there's little tiny cars they look like roller skates yeah uh, well that's you know, right th- but, there, but there were tax incentives just a few years ago to buy huge suvs and, and there were also tax incentives for hybrids but it was like a thousand or three thousand dollars but then they had this huge tax incentive to to own a uh, truck over x number of pounds i think it was over six thousand pounds so a lot of people were buying these big monstrous suvs to get that tax break I'd like to point out that just because there's a so-called trade deficit is really meaningless. I mean, Hong Kong has no natural resources of which to speak. They, I mean, yeah, there are products coming out of Hong Kong, but that's because they made that happen. It's not like they're mining the earth or anything like that. There's nothing there. It's a rock. But yet it's the most uh, successful economic place in the entire planet. Mm-hmm. So trade deficit not really uh, doesn't really seem like it's a real issue. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. We'll talk more cars in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there from the front page of the website. Totally free at freetalklive.com. Dot com plus funknobs.com is an online store featuring whimsical decorative knobs and poles catered toward consumers looking to give the playroom, kids' room, bathroom, or even the kitchen a unique and fun flair. Funknobs.com is the creation of parent company Internobs.com online since 2004. Use the code FTL to save 10% at funknobs.com. That's funknobs.com. The prices are already wholesale there. Excellent, excellent. Uh, So we move on here. Going to get back to the issue of bailouts because the automotive industry is also looking to get bailed out, and a lot of the politicians are pushing for this idea. We'll come back, and uh, Wayne, you're going to tell us about one auto company that actually has something pretty innovative to offer. But first, we go to your phone calls. Tim in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. What's going on? What's on your mind tonight? Um, Well, I'm a fairly young guy. I'm 22. And I'm thinking about throwing my hat in and running for mayor in April in my city. Okay. And I do plan on signing the small government pledge. Wow, that's unusual. Congratulations. And For those that uh, don't know, hang on. For those that don't know, the small government pledge essentially says that you will never vote to increase the size of government and, in fact, will actively work to reduce the size. So as a principled stance... um, most people who would run for office would not take the payment. 
for it. So as a young guy, I'm not very well off. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to know what you guys thought if it was unprincipled to get paid to be mayor. It would depend on the level of, uh, to me, the the sort of the the level uh, that the amount of the amount of work you did. I at no point, by the way, do I think it's unprincipled to get paid for for doing it. Um, but I don't either. Uh, sort of from a personal standpoint, if it required a couple of hours a week from you, um, which really is, uh, you know, the the mayor of uh, of the town I'm in, um, you know, it's a few hours a week. Really, it's not much at all. And you know, he doesn't get much either. So giving that back would be easy. However, if it's a full time job you deserve to get uh you know and you're not working something else because you're working at that you definitely deserve to get paid so what what's the scenario there um i mean it's i'm really not too sure i know he has an office he's in his office every day um he answers emails answers phones um has meetings stuff like that how big is the city um about maybe forty thousand well, maybe. I don't know. I know that the uh, the mayor around here is really into it, and so he probably puts more time in than is necessarily required for the job because you know, they're politicians. They're into the flash. They're into the uh, – I mean, the, the old mayor around here drove around with a mayor license plate, so they really like to wear it on their sleeve, if you will, um, and really act the part or fit the role. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with Mark. I mean, if you're doing, if you're doing work, then you should be compensated for it. Uh, it's a nice Great. gesture to give back some money to charities and things like that. Um, and I can understand where as somebody who loves liberty would be concerned because, well, that money's forcibly extracted from people. Um, yeah. So I, I would say that, number one, what your your main issue has to be is just taking the job, period. I think if, if you're going to be concerned about principle, it would, be, it would be taking the job at all. And then what you do with the money is just kind of tangential to that. That's how I feel about it. Wayne, your thoughts? Yes. <laughs> All right, very good. 800-259-9231. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Um, well, I mean, the way that I kind of look at it is, like, it's not welfare, because I'm actually doing a job to get that money, while right. people on welfare don't have to do anything and still get paid. So I'm going to be doing a job and going to be getting paid for the job. The only downside is, is that money is stolen money. So what do you think your chances are being in Illinois and running as a liberty-loving person? Um, well, the city that I'm in, the, the, the mayor before passed away, and so now we have a sitting mayor, and no one really knows who this guy is, and I'd be running against mm. him. Hey, there you go. And I don't think anyone else has thrown their hat in yet, but um, I, I think I'd probably have a pretty decent chance. Uh, it's a college town. There's a lot of younger uh, voters and people who live here in this town. Plus, it's so always I, I a news it, story. Whenever somebody who's young runs for a political office, it's usually newsworthy just because of that, simply because young people are stereotypically not involved in such things. And so you might be able to, you might be able to get a, a, you know, a decent uh, story out of the newspaper or something like that just because you're young. I mean, if it's, yeah, especially kinda, if it's a two-way kinda race, kinda you'll definitely get coverage. And everything, so it'd be nice. I'm sorry, I talked over you. What was that? I said I'm kind of a freak. I got piercings and big holes in my ears and stuff. So oh, there you nice. go. Should be interesting. <laughs> you know, the other thing I always think about when liberty, liberty lovers want to run for office is that it's nice to have a non-collectivist in a position of power. Yep. Well, I don't like the ideas that such things exist in the first place, but it is a reality we have to deal with. And I think that, uh, you know, I wish you the best of luck. Let us know how it goes. Okay, Tim? 
I appreciate it. Thanks guys. for Thanks. the call tonight. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. So back to the issue of the bailouts. Uh, you've got these big three automotive companies here, the American manufacturers, that are just they're having a tough time. Um, and, it, Mark, you pointed out the reason why, in your belief, is that they have uh, the labor union situation. So Toyota doesn't hire union workers? Is that the I, the I can't tell you exactly what uh, is going on there. I mean, I'm, obviously I'm no expert in this field, but I have paid enough attention, and I can tell you that that's exactly the reason that they're talking about. And if you want a prediction, I think that the government is going to do a type of bailout, and here's how it's going to do the bailout. Okay. It's going to bail out the pensions of these people so essentially turn everyone into to some extent a government worker every every auto, automobile and um, so AFL-CIO employee so so the federal government will be paying the pensions for Ford and GM and all those companies it, it would be the easiest it would be the easiest way to, to bail them out well going chapter 11 can be very good for a company because then they're forced to renegotiate union contracts they're forced to get leaner and and they'll actually attract more funding as they come out of bankruptcy but there's definitely a value in manufacturing. The problem is the big three have been coddled by the government for so long that they've, they've gotten soft, whereas the foreign manufacturers have come in and built plants here and done a better job overall than the, mm-hmm. than the American companies. But manufacturing is important because you have to know how to build things. You've got to have engineers. You've got to have that. We've got, we graduate 10, in this country now, we graduate about 10 attorneys for every engineer. Is that right? And, and what, you know, what's, who's going to rebuild the bridges, uh, whether it's privately or publicly? Yeah. You have to be able to build stuff to have a good com- uh, country. Otherwise, you're going to have a third world country eventually. I, I don't know that I entirely agree. I think we certainly, I, as far as manufacturing and shipping to the outside world, it, there doesn't seem to be a giant demand for this. Uh, American cars are, from my experience, not going any place farther than Canada or Mexico. And they're honestly, Mexico's getting most of our used cars. Well, and I don't think the, the world's going to end if these three companies go out of business. There are plenty of people manufacturing things in this country still. Sure. And, the, by the way, the buildings will still be there, and the, the workers at these countries will still be skilled automobile uh, you know, manufacturing workers. Right. If they go under, can't somebody come in and snatch up all that uh, all those assets? Like Likely that's exactly what will happen. Is, um, the, well, that's will... what would happen if they were allowed to die, but right. they're going to get propped up. You know, well, so Volvo or Toyota would come in and get a discount on uh, manufacturing yeah. plants. But if they went Chapter 11, they wouldn't necessarily go out of business, that, but they would get more lean and, and more efficient. Right. That would be a, I would say Chapter 11 would be a good thing. 1-800-259-9231. One of the ways to get more lean and efficient is to sell the operation to somebody who can come in and sort of innovate, which you've got a story about an innovator here in moments in the automotive world. We'll share that with you and take your calls about anything, this is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. 
Sex with the Virgin Mary. She's waited long enough. <laughs> and Jimmy Cahill, a boozing, carousy cabbie from Boston, has been tasked with finding the lucky guy. This libertarian novel is great read, informative on the legal process, and sure to damn Char- author Charles Webb to hell. Get it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com or go to SexWithTheVirginMary.com. And listen, and you can listen to the interview with Mr. Webb on the FTL podcast coming up on Saturday the 22nd. 800-259-9231. Your calls about anything. We're talking about the bailout situation. Of course, these old dinosaur companies, whether it be American Express or uh, the big three auto manufacturers are going to, it's looking like, I mean, odds are pretty good that these companies are going to be bailed out by the federal government, and uh looks like the federal government's going to end up owning a chunk of them, too, if, if all goes as they are planning. So that's all pretty disturbing, because it's essentially the status quo supporting itself. It's, it. you know, the status quo is stealing money from your bank account and from your wallet through the process of inflation, and they're using that stolen money to prop up their buddies who just suck at business. They're they just they haven't done a good job and they've failed in the marketplace. So instead of letting those businesses go away and then be replaced by new businesses with new ideas and right. See, new that, investors. I, I don't like the idea that they suck at business. It's just that you lose, wait, man. Wait, wait, I understand. I'm not saying that none of that's true. I just don't like the statement they suck at business. And here's why. Well, because somebody screwed up. I, uh, yes, that's decades true. Decades ago, they made some bad decisions, not seeing, foreseeing the future. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, who moved my cheese book, or you know, where do they move my cheese, or whatever. Their decisions made sense at, you know, a long time ago, you know, for whatever they they did. But they something didn't new is them. different has. Absolutely right. true. Because once a company gets big, it's difficult to do that. They have commitments, uh, and yeah. you know they it, they just it's hard to do. So I'm I'm not ready to call them to say they suck. You know, just stuff changes. Well, and then if you can't keep up with those changes, you suck and you deserve to die. You know, I'm the, sorry, they you blow. There have been periods. Your stuff. Yeah, there have been periods of time in the last thirty years or so where. Auto manufacturers were uh, fell on hard times, and what they did is they went back to the unions and renegotiated union contracts. And every one of the big three have different contracts with the union, depending on their how well they're doing and mm-hmm. and so on, how many plants they have, and so on. But the, the problem, of course, is that the healthcare costs in this country have skyrocketed, which is a huge yeah, le- legacy too. cost for auto manufacturers. That was hard to foresee at the time when they first started making these deals. And uh, the retirement plans now are very generous because that's what the unions negotiated when they when these companies were doing well. Does it play out in the prices? I mean, all of this union overhead that you guys are talking yeah. about. Thirteen hundred dollars per vehicle is the average amount that you pay for uh, these, you know, the benefits to uh, auto workers. But are you seeing that as far as in comparison? With the big three versus the uh, Japanese manufacturers? You see it with uh, vehicles like Kia and Hyundai and things like that, um, you know, vehicles that are building their brand. Uh, you can get a very well-made vehicle uh, more cheaply because if it's, you know, sort of newer in the marketplace, you don't get that brand recognition. A lot of the reason that people buy a new car, you got to remember, a car is a, a set of four, a four wheels that goes, it has a radio and an air conditioner, Right. I mean, okay. that, that's what you buy when you buy a car, right? Sure. You want, it, you want it to heat you in the winter, you want it to cool you in the summer, you want it to play some music, and you want it to drive uh, reliably. Yeah. Okay. You can get that for $1,500. Anything else, uh, that you can't get a used car for $1,500? Did you buy a used car for $1,500? Yeah, you got to put money into it. Okay. $2,500. 
Yeah, four grand, you'll have a decent used car. I, I I think that that might be going high, but you can. I think you You'd can ha- get at four grand. You wouldn't have to do much work. To it. At four grand, you're probably in reasonably in the safe. You know, when you buy for private party, that kind of thing, yeah. you're reasonably safe. So four thousand dollars is the is a car, and then everything above that is what it looks like and what it makes other people feel when they look at it, what it mm. makes you feel. All of that is the fluff, you yeah. know. Um, and so that's what they're selling there. Yeah, I mean, when Kia is Kia is not doesn't have as much fluff as a Sebring uh, Crossfire or gotcha. a, a Chrysler Crossfire. But but here's a big problem: is that in the last year, the big three in America have have been caught swimming naked when the tide went out because gas prices all of a sudden shot way up, and they didn't have a lot of good small cars to sell. They were relying on the mm. profits from SUVs and pickups, and didn't have enough good four cylinder automobiles in their stable to sell to the public. They when figured Americans would always want to go big. Would go big, exactly. Whereas Honda and Toyota and, and some of the Korean manufacturers had those small cars, so they're in a little bit better shape now. And, of course, their their profit structure is better, too, than the big three because the big three have higher costs. Well, I say good riddance to bad rubbish. Unfortunately, it looks like the federal government's, uh, fed, the feds are going to step in to a bit resuscitate the patient, unfortunately. But, Wayne, what's going on in the world of innovation in the automotive industry? Well, there's a manufacturer or a company called AFS Trinity out of Bellevue, Washington State, and uh, they were supposed to show a new SUV at the L.A. Auto Show that gets 50 miles per gallon, and they decided to pull it. The company's Why? decision uh, from the show, but they're going to show it in other parts of uh, near L.A. anyway. I see. But the company's decision followed actions by the L.A. Auto Show to muzzle AFS Trinity from highlighting the 50 miles per gallon fuel economy of its XH150 prototype vehicle. 50 miles per gallon? 150, 150. miles per gallon. It's wow. a small SUV. They've done some great in- innovations here. The suppression by the automakers of information about technologies such as this raises serious questions about the judgment, vision, intentions, and capabilities of the leadership of these companies, said Edward W. Furia, so, chairman of th- is, CEO of AFS Trinity. When you say a small SUV, do you mean like a like a Kia Sportage kind of uh, little little thing? I mean, how many seats does it have? Yeah, it's a four seater. It's like it's a mini SUV, like a like a Ford Escape or a, okay. uh, the smaller GM uh, SUVs like the Saturn View, for okay. example. I think that's what the body they actually used on this. They actually used one of the big threes. Uh, of course, basic they would. Vehicles. Why would you go and uh, you know? reinvent the wheel when you can just buy one of these things uh, and get, buy them in bulk and then uh, re because more or less what they're selling is uh the the plug-in hybrid aspect wait like, is this a is this a hybrid it's this, a plug-in hybrid it doesn't get 150 miles to the gallon if it's not a hybrid but they've used some newer technology to uh, one up what the auto manufacturers right now are trying to develop so, is are you suggesting that this auto show was sort of being sponsored by the big boys, it is, and yes. so the big boys pulled whatever strings behind the scenes to essentially shut these people out as much as possible? Well, they didn't want them to highlight the fact that it got 150 miles per gallon because it wasn't an EPA figure. Oh, and, I see. And, and they even oh, offered, so and AFS Trinity actually offered to just have a disclaimer there saying it's not EPA yet, but this is what we're getting, and they've been displaying them all over the country. And they've gotten a lot of great reviews from engineers and from uh, fleet managers and so on. I wonder if they'll be able to pull any strings over at the EPA to delay that sort of thing from coming Gee, through. Do you, think, do you think one of the big three um, or all the big three could manage to do that? It's, yeah. like, it's like being, uh, you know, oh, you can show your car here, but you're not allowed to talk about the one feature right. that differentiates it from the rest of them. And this We're, is an SUV. I mean, yeah. we, we make a car. It costs more than the, uh, the, the other guys, and it's the same. 
I mean, whoopee, I wouldn't do it either. That's right. And this company has actually extended invitations to the major audio, uh, U.S. auto manufacturers to see it, drive it, license the technology. They're not actually trying to sell cars. They're trying to, they've they developed this technology. they concept and they want to get somebody to put some, to some money behind it. it. Yeah. So one of the big oh, three can so license this. So this isn't even, I mean, this isn't even people being protectionist. This is like chiseling in a deal. Uh, essentially, what they're trying to do is, is market it to these, you know, three companies or whomever. Yeah, whoever will buy it. They don't want them to even, they're trying to diminish the value of their product. It's, it's crazy. Disgusting. They, they want to, they, it's like they are so dinosaur-like. That they can't even see the new innovations for the value that they are. They and may, they we want to stick with the way things have been. They may very well see the innovations, Ian. Um, but what but, they want to do is they want to do business the way they have done business, which is in bed with the government. Well, here's they the want to problem. use government power to diminish the value of these people's product and make it so that they sell for less. Here's the other problem. The big three suffer from the not-invented-here syndrome, which means if they didn't invent the technology, they don't want to use it. I see. It's, uh, they'll turn their nose up at stuff like that. That's right. 800-259-9231. Yet another reason why they deserve to perish. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and would like to help support Free Talk Live, well, we'd ask that you become a Free Talk Live amplifier. You can do that over at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is a simple one. You send in three bucks a month to the show. We take that, reinvest it into the program, and get on more radio stations uh, across the country, around the world, bring new Internet listeners on board, and help introduce new people to the ideas of freedom and liberty. So if that sounds good to you and you want perks, like access to the AMP only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, get all the details and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Wayne, did you want to share any more about this uh, revolutionary hybrid? What, what do you call this thing? This uh, what, What's the name of it again? Hey, what is the name of the vehicle? Well, they haven't named the vehicle itself because it's mostly a concept. It's a prototype. It's, a, it's actually a, it looks like a GM a small SUV fitted with their technology. And they're looking to license their technology to a major auto manufacturer. And they're very upset that GM and, and Ford and Chrysler have not uh, even wanted to even test this thing. So the company's name, AFS Trinity, they're claiming they're getting 150 miles to the gallon, and it's a hybrid gas vehicle? Yes, it's a, what they call an extreme hybrid. It's, it's based on a typical extreme. work week okay. of 40 miles uh, six days per week and 80 miles on one weekend day each week. The first 40 miles of each day are electric, strictly electric, with gasoline being used only for distances beyond 40 miles. For this driving profile, the uh, XH150 uses up to two gallons of gas to travel 320 miles. So it's the XH150? Yes. Okay. If my company's named Trinity, I can come up with something better than XH150. Well, so you said they're not marketing to uh, regular people. I'd, I'd call it the uh, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the, Trin- <laughs> the Trinity Pentecost, the Grail, the, the, the Trinity St. Peter, something. Yeah. I don't know. That's right. And uh, basically what they've done the is Trinity it, Hammer of God. <laughs> Sorry. This, com- this company has got some really <laughs> smart engineers who used to work for NASA and Raytheon, et cetera. And what they've done is... Finally they, got real jobs. Yeah. Congratulations, And, and they recognize that, that the batteries in these things are the, are the weak point. Because when you all of a sudden 
pull a big load off a battery, you, you shorten the life of it. So what they did is they developed these capacitators to store a lot of the power so that when, they, when you need that burst of power from the motor, the motor needs the big burst of power, it comes off the capacitors, not directly off the battery. It makes the battery last longer, and it makes it more efficient. And they have also have some other programming they've done to uh, switch these things off. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I wish them good luck. I hope somebody pays attention to them. Uh, and you, as you say, they've just gone ahead and set up their own events, and they're they're not relying on the uh, the auto show that was trying to shut them out before. Apparently, uh, with some influence from the big three manufacturers. And this is the L.A. auto show we're talking about. They did do a display at the Detroit auto show last January and got a very big response. Good. And of course, there's that. The, uh, there's that, and there's the Tesla Motors, which is also out there creating electric cars. Uh, I hope that we see some real good innovations and some uh, costs dropping and people adopting these new technologies and running away as fast as possible from these ancient old dinosaurs. Hopefully they'll – how many bailouts can these guys get? It's crazy. It, <laughs> this isn't the first time. There's a classic example of throwing good money after bad. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Speaking of money, I heard this uh, the story over on Freeminds TV, freemindstv.com. And I'm sure you've probably caught wind of this one already, Wayne, but the story is from the August Review. Democrats in the U.S. House have been conducting hearings on proposals to confiscate workers' personal retirement accounts, mm-hmm. 401ks and IRAs both, and convert them to accounts managed by your favorite people, the Social Security Administration. Triggered by the financial crisis in the past two months, the hearings reportedly were meant to stem losses incurred by many workers and retirees whose 401k and IRA balances have been shrinking rapidly. The testimony of Teresa Gilaherducci, uh, professor of economic policy at the New School for Social Research in New York, in hearings October 7th, drew the most attention and criticism, testifying for some bureaucrats. She proposed that the, gov- uh, the government eliminate tax breaks for 401k and similar retirement accounts, such as IRAs, and confiscate workers' retirement, plans, uh, workers retirement plan accounts and convert them into what they call universal guaranteed retirement accounts, or GRAs managed by the Social Security Administration. Representative George Miller, from the chairman of the House of House Committee on Education and Labor, said that the impact of the financial crisis on workers' retirement security uh, blamed Wall Street for the cr- financial crisis and said his committee will strengthen and protect Americans' 401ks, pensions, and other retirement plans. So, get ready, America. Because the government is planning to take over your retirement plan. You thought you were going to leave it to the marketplace, which, of course, we all know the 401k and the IRA thing is really just more of a government-constructed sort of semi-market kind of retirement thing. But it's better than total government control, and that's what they're talking about instituting here. They're talking about taking it over, and I bet you there are a lot of people right now seriously considering cashing out. Yeah, and that's the problem, too, that drives the prices of everything down further. And and actually, Argentina has just recently done the same thing, and their president uh, framed it this way. Their, their government was going to protect private pensions from policies of plunder. Mm. Policies of plunder. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they actually confiscated uh, $29.5 billion down in Argentina. Wow. You know, I've got one of, of these. Pensions. I've got one of these. Uh, I guess it's an IRA. Um, and I had intended... 
and failed to do this. I intended to switch over to gold last year because I, I knew that I, I to saw cash some, it out and buy gold. You mean? No, you can have uh, gold in your IRA if you I listen see. to the uh, Midas commercials. I'll let you know. Uh, that's uh, MidasResources.com, and you can have gold. Your you know Midas will do your IRA for you in gold for real. They hold there at Midas Resources. Yeah, but what if they snatch the IRA? What do you mean they? What if the them? government snatches the money in there? I'm. I, I don't know. That's not this part of the story okay, that I'm telling. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, the, so I intended to do this. Now, you know, my IRA, IRA took a hit. It did because I kept it in stocks. I forgot to do it. I intended oh, okay. to. I failed to. Gotcha. It took a hit. Well, I had the opportunity to switch it over to gold. They have these real estate funds. Not that real estate's the place you want to be these days. There's not particularly a good place to be as far as uh, having your money. Uh, but gold's probably the best. I just failed to do it. That's my fault. That's not America's fault. That's not anybody's fault. No one should be guaranteeing me my IRA. The problem, the reason I put money in the IRA in the first place instead of putting it to work for, you know, someplace else in my business or home or whatever was because the government was going to, it, it was tax-free money. So it, it, it allowed me to defer taxes. Right. Here it says that currently 401k plans allow Americans to invest pre-tax money and their employers match up to a defined percentage, which not only increases workers' retirement savings, but also reduces their annual income tax. Sounds like a great deal. Uh, the balances are fully inheritable, subject to income tax, meaning that workers pass on their wealth to their heirs, unlike Social Security. Even when they leave an employer and go to one that doesn't offer a 401k or pension, workers can transfer their balances to a qualified IRA. Here's the dirty details on the government plan. Gilarducci's uh, plan first appeared in the uh, some economic paper where she said GRAs will rescue the flawed American retirement income system. The current retirement system, she says, exacerbates income and wealth inequalities because tax breaks for voluntary retirement accounts are skewed to the wealthy because it's easier for them to save and because they receive bigger tax breaks when they do. Lauding GRAs as a way to effectively increase retirement savings, she wrote that savings incentives are unequal for rich and poor families because tax deferrals provide a much larger carrot to wealthy families than to middle class families and none whatsoever to families too poor to owe taxes. Socialist. GRAs would guarantee a fixed 3% annual rate of return, although later in her article she explained that participants would not earn a 3% real return in perpetuity. In uh, place of tax breaks, workers now receive for contributions and thus a lower tax rate, workers would receive $600 annually from the government, inflation-adjusted. For low-income workers whose annual uh, contributions are less than 600, the government would deposit whatever whatever amount it would take to equal the minimum $600 for all participants. So I wonder if you'll be able to pull the money out of the government's retirement plan early. That chance. I wonder if it will get (laughs) passed on to your heirs. Mm, it won't. Seems unlikely. Chance. No, it's not going to. This is, this a, is they are screw, they are planning to screw people over majorly. This is nationalization of people's 401ks essentially and, yeah. and IRAs. Yeah, that's um, right. And it's it's disgusting. L- look at Social Security. What They're a mess doing it, it for is. The poor, Mark. What are you talking about? What about it's the stealing. old? What about the old people who do have some savings that used to be able to live off the interest off their principal have to keep going into their principal now because they're only getting two or three percent interest at the bank. 
or they have to take higher, uh, in, they have to put their money into higher risk investments uh-huh. in order to get returns back. And then, of course, those high risk investments are going bad now. Oh, and in addition, it says here that uh, all workers would have 5% of their annual pay deducted from their paychecks and deposited to the GRA. As they though would we don't still have, be paying Social Security as and Medicare. Though we don't have 15% of workers, right. I don't pay Social Security, and I'm not going to. I understand that, but you're not a worker. You're, I'll cash out my IRA if I see, uh, see this coming. They're talking about it. 1 800. 259-9231. So even if you aren't participating in the 401k plan at your business, you're going to have to be you're going to be forced to participate in this GRA plan if this comes to fruition. And there's no reason why it won't. I mean, the Democrats have full control. Who's going to oppose this? It's Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Hour two's coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. I want to get back to this uh, story here in a moment about the government retirement plan they're talking about forcing on everybody. Uh, but first, let's go to David in New York. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. Evening. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, I got to go to court tomorrow, and I Ooh. wrote myself a defensive letter, and I'd be interested to see how, what you guys feel about it. A, de- a defensive letter, okay. Okay. I wrote, I, David, apologize to the court and all involved in the issue slash handling of my warrant and for any inconvenience incurred. I write this statement to briefly express the facts as I see them. I would like to clear my name with the Department of Transportation and handle reasonable court costs. Facts as I see them. My New York license was expired as of 2004, ending my contract with the state. My Florida license was valid, not suspended, when charged with traffic violations in question. I fail to understand the state legislator's delegation of authority to the Department of Transportation and how I fall under their code of conduct without damaged property, a damaged party, or um, a New York State license. It seems to me that I'm charged twice with a suspended license, one misdemeanor, one violation. Those said charges are worded differently. They stem from the same root cause, parentheses, double jeopardy. Before you go on, uh, sure. now let me see if I'm understanding the situation. I think you might have called before. You say you've got a, leg- you've got a uh, current license down in Florida, but right. not in New York. Were you the student that was uh, – that you no, – No, it was in Alabama or something. What was, what was your situation? Um, I was the one who was a re- recently arrested for not stating my name when pulled over for my uh, friend's seatbelt violation. Oh. The one that had to go to jail and I didn't want to tell my name. They recognized me by my tattoo and all that. Oh, and then they figured out that you didn't have a New York license and they had a conniption about that? Well, no, 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 no. They, they charged me for a suspended license. And I don't have a New York license, and my Florida license was not suspended. Right. So they're charging you for having a uh, for not having a current New York license. Is that right? Apparently. Right. I and mean, they found I, I that out I mean, after. I haven't really seen the exact law and how it's all spelled out. But you, but you were they driving. They actually charged me twice for it: one misdemeanor and one violation. And my Florida <laughs> yeah. license is not suspended, and my New York license had expired in 2004, and then I got my Florida license. And you so, weren't even driving. And you weren't driving anything. <laughs> When I, get, when I got the traffic tickets, 
that I had a warrant for, I was driving. Okay. I see. When I when I when I had when I was forced to give them my name, that's when I wasn't driving, and that's when I did have a warrant. Got it. All right. So go ahead with your uh, your letter to the court there. Sure. Uh, my charge of failure to stop is proven only by the testimony of an individual working for a corporation that receives state grants. Parentheses, a textbook pecuniary, which means monetary, conflict of interest. Uh, yeah, failure sure to yield to an emergency vehicle was a result of signaling via hand gesture for the officer to follow me through the intersection to what I believe to be a safe location. My expired registration was a breach of contract between the Florida Department of Licensing. Wow, they, they got you with failure to yield to the police oh, yeah. well, car so you didn't pull over fast driveway. enough? I drove right in my driveway because I didn't want to get my truck impounded. Yeah. But I was like, uh, I was maybe 100 yards away. I really wasn't far. Wow. Uh, hold on. Just a little bit more. The registration fee is collected by a county tax collector and benefits Florida's taxation needs being their only annual vehicle-related fee. Parentheses, is Florida's definition of registration the same as New York's? Does it serve the safe purpose in the code? Question mark. The vessel in question has since been removed from the road and is no longer in my ownership. My arresting officer for said traffic violations did not inform me why I was being arrested, nor did he read my Miranda rights. Parentheses, I have two witnesses. They uh, only have arresting... to read Miranda rights if they are going to question you, just Wait, so you know. Okay. I, th- I figured they had to read your Miranda rights any time they arrest nope. you. Nope. Only if they're going to question it you. It doesn't matter. You can leave it in. Yeah, you can leave it okay. in. Just, well, just letting you know. Uh, my arresting officer unlocked and searched my vessel without stated probable cause on the private property of my grandfather. Uh, upon mm. arriving at wow. the station, I was forced to sign paperwork under duress with threats of county jail. Did you write under duress on there? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. Not on the paperwork itself. <laughs> gotcha. That's what you meant. Just curious. Okay. Upon arriving at Greece Court, when asked to plea, I stated, I do not understand the charges. The judge entered a plea of not guilty on my behalf, thus initiating motions of the court of which I am unfamiliar. And then I continue to say... Sounds very similar I to my situation, the- where they just, you know, you try to ask a question and they just, they don't care what you have to say and they're going to go through yep. with their little process yep. with or without your consent. So I wrote, I produced these facts to show why I made the regrettable decision of failing to appear on my court date. And then this is even shorter. This is in relation to the disorderly conduct Hold on, before you before you go on, uh, sure. failure to appear. So they're going after you because you didn't show up uh, for well, for their court. Warrant in promise because I failed to appear for the traffic violations, and the reason I didn't appear is because I had to sign under duress. The officer didn't tell me why I was arrested. They, I mean, it was just real bad. The, the judge put in a plea when I didn't even want to plea because I didn't understand the charges. Mm-hmm. In fact, I went straight from the jailhouse to the court, so I didn't even have time to look at the look at the laws, to look at anything. The cops wouldn't mm. show it to me. So if I say I'm not guilty, or if I say I am guilty, I may be wrong, and I don't know if they can prosecute me for lying. I mean, how can I tell them I'm not guilty or guilty until I've seen the law? It's an excellent question. <laughs> okay, and it's, I'm almost done here. Uh, facts as I see them relative to a disorderly conduct. I was detained as a passenger in my buddy's vessel for his seatbelt violation. The officer asked me to identify myself without stated probable cause, and I enacted my Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights from the U.S. Constitution. My arresting officer called a detective, sergeant, and another officer who proceeded to threaten 
um, my neighbor, who was in full compliance with the traffic code, and myself with impounding of the vessel, arrest, and obstruction of justice. So your friend I, was threatened because you didn't want to participate, as though he correct. has some sort correct. of uh, responsibility for your behavior. Yep. I exited the private vessel. Hold on, Google just screwed me up. I exited the private vessel when instructed to do so and moved to the public sidewalk, avoiding physical confrontation of which I was threatened. Doesn't sound like you were being too disorderly. No, not too bad. In the presence of said officers, I enacted my first amendment and was charged with disorderly conduct for, in quotes, swearing. I am not under contract with the FCC. I have the freedom to form non-threatening <laughs> syllables to my peers on a public sidewalk in any configuration I see fit. And then I go on to say, my arresting officer did not read my Miranda rights, again. And then I say, I produce these facts to show a growing trend of American freedoms being reinterpreted and systematically destroyed by the legislator and their mm-hmm. agents. And then I sum it up to say, I wish to settle these charges with the smallest cost to the court and myself. So that yeah, we're losing you. We're losing you. Uh, I thank you, though, for the call tonight. I, you know what? I, I, wish, I wish him good luck. I don't know what they're going to do with this. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do with me on Friday. I, I'm not sure how this is all going to turn out. I hope that uh, you know I get to walk out of court. Uh, but luckily, I've got a bunch of activists that are going to be on my side, and David is out there in New York State, probably all by himself, trying to do uh, this, trying to defend himself uh, all alone against the insanity that is the government court system that we have. It's worth a try, but... Yeah, it can't hurt. I mean, I wrote a letter to uh, the so-called judge here in the Keene area, essentially imploring him to do the right thing and stop hearing cases that don't involve a victim. I mean, that would be nice if he would listen to that and actually change the way he behaves, but I I certainly don't expect him to. But yeah, it doesn't hurt to ask, right? Of course, they told me that it was like illegal to contact a judge ex parte or something like that, and I didn't really care what they had to say. So so I sent it to his home, actually, with uh, UPS. (laughs) At least I presume it was his home. It was uh, I typed in the guy's name into into uh, a reverse address or not a reverse address, but like a white pages mm-hmm. search, and that's what came up. Was the only um, the only man by that name in Keene. So I figured it was him, especially because the phone number was unlisted. Seems like something a judge would do. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so you know I wish David a go- uh, good luck there. Uh, it can't hurt to give that a try. It sounds like he's facing all kinds of charges. I mean it, there was. Everything and they threw the whole kitchen sink at him there. Yeah, I mean, they disorderly do that. And, conduct. You know, disorderly conduct. It means that the the officer doesn't like you. Yeah, you know, doesn't like what you did or whatever. It means they got not nothing. Disorderly. Yep. 800-259-9231. Hopefully, uh, David will call us back when he gets the results of uh, how things go with his uh, his cases there, or I guess their cases. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. More about this awful idea. Government retirement count, uh, accounts coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, and they include the bulletin board system. With over 400,000 posts, there's an awful lot to talk about there. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. 
LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, and trademarks. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. LegalZoom.com. Can be ten dollars, but uh, it's ten percent. I thought it was ten dollars. Ten dollars. My mistake. I, I keep on getting it confused. It used to be ten percent. Now it's ten dollars. Make sure you get your copy right there, Mark. I'm sorry. All right, it's my Wayne. Forgive me. That's LegalZoom.com. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. We go to your phone calls. Tom in Missouri, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. Thank yeah, you, I Tom. Had a, a situation back years ago. I had a, a Florida driver's license. And I moved to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I went back to I, I went whenever I was in Tennessee. I uh, I got a DUI, had to go to jail and pay fines and right. eye insurance and the whole nine yards. So once I moved back to Florida, and I got my Florida driver's license again. About four months later, they sent me a letter telling me my Florida driver's license was suspended because I had a DUI. While I had a Florida driving record, I'm okay. confused. What does and, that What does that mean? That there's some sort of zero tolerance thing for a, for a DUI with Florida? Well, uh, I don't know. They just said that I had to comply with the Florida DUI law since I had a Florida driving record. Meaning, Even though I had, a, I had when, a Tennessee driver's license when I got the DUI. Huh. So, so this, yeah. And then it got, then it said, and then I was like, well, what do I got to do to to, to not comply with this. They said, well, you have to show that you were a, a, a resident of Tennessee six months prior to the offense. So, and if you don't, then then what? I, well, then I had, I, had to, I had to do a psychological evaluation, go to the shrink for six months, uh, spend more time in jail, and pay a fine down there. <laughs> Good Lord. That's, so I had a copy so of my voter's registration card. Okay. I had a, a copy of my voter's registration card, so I, I gave, I sent that to them, and they told me, "Well, that's not good enough." Uh, we want bills. Yeah, and and so so I, 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 it ruined my life for a couple my of years. My gosh! I, I moved back to Tennessee. I had had the insight. I still had, you know, I had a copy of. It was before the computers were as fast as they are now. Ha mm-hmm. <laughs> ha! So I went back to Tennessee. I got my Florida driver's license. And I got a job, and then, or I got my Tennessee driver's license. I got a job, and then, then Tennessee told me Florida had suspended my license that they wasn't allowed to give me a Tennessee driver's license. My goodness, so it was suspended. But luckily, my stepdad was a probation officer. He asked around. They told him to go to the highway patrol. He went to the state capitol there in Nashville. Talked to the captain at the highway patrol. He sent a letter down to Florida, and everything cleared up. So, uh, so wait a minute. So you get, you managed to get out of this because you happen to know somebody who knew somebody. I mean, the somebody in the government who was related to you pulled some strings for you. That's the only reason why this got cleared up. Yeah. Amazing. Just what it would have been like for the uh, for the average guy. I mean, this, exactly. I mean, it's just an example of how labyrinthine and Byzantine the restrictions and the rules and regulations and the laws that they have are. It's absolutely absurd to believe that anybody could possibly figure this system out. I mean, the, the bureaucrats themselves don't know. When you ask them questions, they don't know. They can't be counted on for correct answers. So when they tell you one thing and you go and you do it, you jump through whatever hoops they say that you're supposed to jump through, then you come back, you find out that they forgot 
forgot to you know enter the information correctly into the system, or it turns out that that wasn't what you needed to do. What you needed to do was go over here and do this and pay this fine and talk to this bureaucrat. It's just so amazing looking at all this and you're not the only person whose life has been ruined by this i mean if you had driven for a living if you're a professional driver or something like that or you had to travel a distance to get to a job you've effectively been just you've had that part of your life just extracted from you it's been destroyed well it did make me a safer driver considering you couldn't drive at all you mean well, it, it was illegal if I got caught. I see. <laughs> so you were very, very cautious. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that do that, too. You know, you've got to make your living. You've got to get out there, and you've got to do the work that you were doing. And if the, the states don't want to allow you to uh, to get there, well, you just have to break their laws in yeah, order to get there. Yeah, good luck finding a job without a driver's license. Right. Amazing. Thank yeah, you for your story now tonight. I've yes, got sir? this young kid that's working with me now, and he had three tickets within a six-month period here in Missouri. And uh, the lawyer, uh, he didn't have enough points for his license to be suspended, but because there was three tickets within that six-month period, they suspended his license. Well, the lawyer got a letter, and uh, they sent it to this thing. I think it's called R. It's like the Driver's License Bureau here. Mm -hmm. Okay, he sent it. Anyhow, he was supposed to keep the copy of the letter with him, well, he got pulled over. He didn't have the copy of the letter. The police took his driver's license, sent it off. His lawyer finally got it straight. He's been waiting a month and a half. He's on the edge of getting canned if he can't come wow. up with a driver's license here shortly. It, it, the, the, the entire reliance on this government driver's license is pretty disturbing, number one. But number two, it's not even really about driving, is it? It's all about control, isn't it? It's all about money. It's about extracting money from people who mess up, who make a mistake, and it's about controlling those people and and just ruling over their lives. And I think that your story, and I thank you for calling and sharing it with us tonight. Thank you. Good hearing from you. I think that it's stories like that where you've got people who can clearly drive. And it's just that they, you know, the, the lines weren't, cro- the, the T's weren't crossed, the I's weren't dotted, whatever. The government paperwork didn't get filled out right or didn't get to the right bureaucrat or whatever bureaucratic snafu happened. And these people don't, they don't, have, they can't have their license. And uh, the, the results of all this are just depression. I mean, if you can't go to work, you can't bring home money for your family, that's depressing. It's going to turn you to alcohol and drugs and uh, bad habits, and that's not a, it's not the start of anything good, I'll tell you that. And in addition, I think this is, it's stories like that that make me think that disobedience on this issue is so important. I mean, I understand, Mark, there are a lot of people, and I know you were one of the critics uh, before when some of the, uh, the, the activists here in New Hampshire were getting busted for driving without registration and driving without a license and that sort of thing, and you said, oh, you should pick your issues better. Well, I think this is a pretty darn important issue. I mean, especially for somebody like Tom and the friend that he was talking about, for people that are in those positions, this is a really important issue. I mean, their livelihoods have been crapped on by the state because of their their obedience training, and that's all that the driver's license is. It's it's about obedience. That's what it's really all about. It's about extracting money and uh, and forced obedience. I mean, that's what's going on with me with the couch situation. It's not about the couch. It's not about cleaning up the yard. It's about obedience and getting money out of me. And so I think that uh, having more people doing the driving without registration, driving without a government license, uh, sort of disobedience, non-cooperation, in a, in a concentrated area, I think it could have some effect. If we had activists, multiple activists here in New Hampshire doing this, it could have – some change will happen. They can't put us all in prison cells. 
But if you're just Tom down in uh, Missouri or wherever it is you are and there's nobody out to, out there to back you up, then there's no point in doing that civil disobedience because you'll be all alone. They'll throw you in a prison cell and people will forget about you. More on the way you take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. If you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features on the site include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience. Totally free at freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That, again, is SACL CAI. Last hour, we told you about an insidious plot. Well, they're actually plotting openly, as they usually do. It's just most people don't pay attention. And the plot is that the uh, Democrats in the U.S. House have been conducting hearings on how to confiscate your retirement money. If you've got one of those 401K or IRAs, they're trying to figure out exactly how they can snatch your money and then put it into what they're calling a, uh, let's see, this is, it was testimony in front of the House Committee on Education and Labor. They are calling these the GRA, the government, excuse me, guaranteed retirement account. So they're guaranteeing it because they're going to, well, print out whatever money they need in order to fulfill their obligations, I'm sure. Mm. And uh, so what we're looking at here, and the, the details we went over last hour, and there's, more, there's a few more details I wanted to get out, so I wanted to revisit this. But essentially what we're looking at here is they're going to snatch 5% of your annual pay uh, that will be deducted from your paycheck and deposited, so-called, into this, uh, this government retirement account or guaranteed retirement account. And they're going to give you a. Uh, they're claiming they're going to give a three percent annual rate of return. Of course, that's what they're claiming now. They could change that later. I mean, it's the government after all. They they, they can get away with whatever they want to. So maybe it'll be two percent after you know decade goes by. But you know something, Mark Twain once said, and this is so appropriate. He said, "I'm more concerned about the return of my money than the return on my money." <laughs> it's, a, it's a great point. <laughs> and the Chinese also have it right. Fish always rot from head. In, in this particular story, uh, you've got the government's uh, claiming, or these people are claiming that want to institute this program, that, uh, again, 3% annual return. However, you would not earn a 3% real return in perpetuity. There would also be a $600 annual uh, contribution uh, from the government here. In, ta- in place of tax breaks, workers now receive for contributions and a lower tax rate, workers would receive $600 annually from the government, inflation adjusted. If you behave. So I guess that means they're going to be taxing you on this. Instead of uh, getting a tax break, they're going to they're going to subsidize your taxes with a $600 check, which of course they're going to increase at the rate of inflation, which is the government's inflation numbers, not the true inflation numbers. Government's always going to claim their inflation's like 2%, whereas the real inflation's probably like 12% or something like that. And uh so those were the details we gave you last hour, but there's more to the story. 
Uh, the GRA contribution will be shared equally by the worker and the employee. Uh, so, or excuse me, the, the worker and the employer. Employers no longer will be able to write off their contributions. Any capital gains would be taxable year on year. So it's, I'm confused by this uh, particular portion. It says that the contribution, which they say all workers will have 5% of your, uh, your pay deducted from your paycheck, does that mean that the employer is kicking in 2.5% behind the scenes like they do with Social Security where the employer kicks in 7.5% that you never even see on your paycheck? And then you pay the extra 7.5% out of your paycheck. That's the, the part you actually see. Will it be the same way with this GRA where the employer will be 2.5% behind the scenes and then you'll only see an extra 2.5% coming out of the paycheck? I'm not clear on that. I don't know if either of you gentlemen have any speculation here. Uh, but analysts point to another disturbing part of the plan. With a GRA, workers could bequeath only half their account balances to their heirs. So, Mark, you were wrong. They're going to let you keep 50% as far as for your heirs are concerned. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, Half yeah. the money I earned. And, and who knows? These are the initial numbers, but... Correct. They it could cha- change. It changes. Right. This is just the proposal. I mean, <laughs> this is what's on the table. It hasn't been finalized. And even if it is finalized, they can change it. It's like one of those agreements that you enter into when you sign their cell phone contract that says, we can change the terms of this contract at any time, and we don't have to give you notice. So as though you're going to check their uh, their privacy policy every single month just to make sure they haven't changed what it is their policy says. It's the same thing with the government. I mean, the government reserves the right, essentially, to change their plan any old time they want to, and they have no obligation to tell you of anything. So uh, we continue here. For workers who die after retiring, they could bequeath just their own contributions plus the interest, but minus any benefits received and minus the employer contributions. So you don't get the uh, the interest. Uh, excuse me. No, you don't get the benefits. Uh, you only get to pass on what you contributed, not what the employer contributed. Which it's the employer that's contributing it all. By the way, it's it's all mandated at this point. So it's not like you're contributing anything because there's no choice. If you're working within the U.S. government's structure in that you're working for some corporation, then they're just going to take 5% out of your paycheck, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. You'll, get to keep, you'll get to pass on 2.5% to your so heirs. So what will happen in 50 years is they'll come up with some system, some retirement account that you can, uh, you know, uh, because Social Security and, and this guaranteed whatever account, yeah, retirement the, GRA. Account, the guaranteed re- retirement account, they'll be crap, and you'll only be able to buy dog food with them when mm-hmm. you're uh, 65 years old, and you'll have to live uh, in a box someplace. And so they'll... Re- create some kind of retirement account that people can save money in that's tax-deferred, and then that'll be around for 20 years, and, and they'll, then they'll go that. confiscate it. Right, because by then everybody that's will assuming, have forgotten. That's assuming that the republic still exists at the, that point. Boy, I hope it doesn't. The fish uh, rots from the head, man. Another justification for the plan, uh, she claims, is to eliminate investment risk. In her testimony, the woman proposing this said, quote, Humans often lack the foresight, discipline, and investing skills required to sustain a savings plan. Humans. What is she? What is she? Is she an alien? Yes. Filthy little humans. She cited the 2004 HSBC Global Survey on the Future of Retirement in which she claimed that, quote, a third of Americans wanted the government to force them to save more for retirement. Well, what the survey actually you know, reported. Uh, this is. I don't doubt this for a second. When I uh, did uh, personal training, this is the part I uh, hated about personal training. What I I got into the the business of personal training because I mm-hmm. like to work out. Hey, 
Look, I'll, I'll get paid to work out with people. It'll be awesome. Mm. Uh, you know, I'll give them a little encouragement. It'll be fun. I'll, I'll track. I, I like doing the paperwork and tracking people's growth and stuff like that. Well, you did this many of that many yeah. exercises, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's fun stuff as far as I'm concerned. What went wrong? These people didn't want somebody to work out with. These people wanted some either a mom or Sergeant Slaughter uh-huh. or some combination thereof. You know, essentially, I was supposed to call them up in the morning, yeah. uh, you know, get, get them there. Yeah, tell them you're a soldier. Don't lift that thing. And, you know, this is exactly <laughs> what they wanted. And that's, only, and that's only because they didn't have a pill they could take to just be fit and trim. Yep, there you go. Yep. Somehow, I was supposed to, to work out for them. I was, through the power of my will and my voice, I was supposed to do the work out for them. Now, the article here uh, coming from the August Review claims that the survey actually reported, remember this, uh, this woman proposing the government retirement program, uh, said that a third of Americans want the government to force them to save more for retirement. The article claims the survey actually reported that 33% of Americans wanted the government to, quote, enforce additional private savings. Now, they claim that's a vastly different meaning than mandatory government-run savings, but this, this, the, essentially that is a third of Americans saying, please force me to save. It sounds like it to yeah. me. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to do. And, you know, if that's what people want, I think they should be able to have it. But if pro- you want somebody to, you know, force you, extract money from you, and put it into a bank account that you, for whatever, can't touch because you're just so piss poor financial, uh, with your financial habits that you can't stay away from the money that you earn and, and just spend it on things. If you want to hire someone to do that for you, I think you should be free to do so. But to subject the rest of us that actually understand how to handle our finances to this arbitrary management by government bureaucrats, it's absolutely outrageous. Yeah, here's the problem, too. 20 years ago, the savings rate in the U.S. was about 8 or 9% which was pretty good. And now it's it's like a negative 1%. But the main reason why is because, for one, in the 90s, you had this um, uh, dot-com bubble casino, so people could earn a higher return there than uh, investing in those stocks than bank accounts. And, of course, uh, then all the borrowing and the real estate bubble, which... Uh, encourage people to put down payments on houses and, and, and put the money into houses. The whole economy is based on debt, and the fact that uh, you know, inflation is so, uh, so high, the real inflation is so high, people are incentivized to spend all their money. And not save. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and would like to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you shop with us over at amazon.freetalklive.com. You know you need to buy stuff to live life and buy gifts for friends and things like that. Do it over at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com because when you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Used items, brand new, 41 categories in which to shop, uh, even items that aren't even tangible like uh, their movie downloads. We'll get a percentage if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So uh, I guess that's enough warning about what might possibly happen to your retirement account. I don't know if it's... 
I don't know if it's the right time to go and cash it out at the moment, unless you can think of something better to do with it. As you said, Mark, you were going to cash out uh, your money and go buy some gold with it, which... Well, that's not what I was going to do. I was going to oh, get an, sorry. a gold IRA. You can get a gold IRA. Right. Many of that's, these gold that's kind of concerning to me, because if they steal your IRA, then they're going to steal your gold, aren't right. they? But this wasn't a plan to deal with what you're talking about right now. Right. And I'm just talking about something that people could do with, with their money. I mean, as far as if they wanted to cash out early in the game, it might be jumping the gun, because maybe this won't come to fruition... But then again, why wouldn't this come to fruition? What's going to stop them? I have a friend who cashed his IRA out about a year and a half ago. And he I think he just did it out of dumb luck, but he cashed it out, paid the tax penalty, and he bought a uh, two-family house where he's getting positive cash flow now income. So even though the house has gone down in value, it probably hasn't gotten hit as badly as his IRA would have. Right. So instead of hoping that he gets to have access to the IRA in the future, he's got a family that's paying rent every single month, and he's getting cash or at least a check from these uh, these people, something much more within his reach. Tangible. Yes, correct. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it's I, – I guess my concern here is if they go through and they pass some legislation that puts through these changes where the government's going to snatch people's money from their retirement accounts, the 401ks and the IRAs, and then put it into this guaranteed retirement account, which the government will be administrating and you'll have limited access to, uh, you probably won't be able to take anything at all out of it. Uh, and at the very end, if you if you die and there's money left in it, they'll only let you pass 50% on to your heirs. So it's just you're, they're going to be you're going to get screwed if your money's still in the account. So I guess we know that the government moves pretty slow, but at the same time we also know they kind of try to cover their trail and they are real quiet about doing things like this. So hopefully this will be shouted from the rooftops when the news comes through on this, and hopefully you'll have time to go down there and uh, and put a stop to this because what if what if they pass this particular piece of legislation and one of the immediate effects is that all corporations or, or whoever it is that's administering the 401ks, all of these administration agencies are basically instructed to say, hey, sorry, no more cashing out. I mean, this law was passed yesterday. You can't cash out any more IRAs or 401ks. So, I mean, it could happen that very quickly after this is passed, yeah. your account will be locked down, which is why I'm concerned, like, uh, how do you know when to actually take it, take action on this? I think I, I think that we'll get some kind of warning. I don't I don't expect. Them. I think you're right. They're but pretty inefficient. They uh, are, but and remember, cashing, but if they send a threat out, cashing to the out your IRA likely is going to be a penalty of I don't know. Is it twenty percent, Wayne? Twenty five percent? Something like that. It's, I don't it's recall. A, it's a big penalty. So you know, it, you're still taking you you may you're taking some level of chance by cashing it out, and it depends on how big it is. On uh, you know, yeah, but I, if it's going to go to the government retirement account, then it's not a level of chance at all. Then it's you should get your money out as soon as you possibly can. It, de- it depends you on how big it is. You leave your money there, would you? I just don't have that much. I've only used my IRA to defer um, tax payments, and there's there, there's not that much. After this uh, beating that the uh, stock market's taken, I think I'd leave it in there, honestly. What's How much is... I mean, I, I'd prefer not to discuss okay. how much it's in it, but it's just not that much. Not that much. Well, well, to some people, not that much might be significant. It, they may, it might very well. That's mm-hmm. why people have to decide how much not that much is yeah. for them. But a lot of people are also freaking out and taking a lot of drastic steps because they see the stock market tanking. And eventually, when the next big wave of inflation comes across, some of that money is going to go to the stock market. So the stock market will stabilize. It may even come back up a little bit, I think. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Mark, you've got an email you want to share with us? Yeah, I do. It's um, from Max. And he... he Probably he's he's expressing this email something that I think that a lot of longtime listeners uh, might be wondering. He says, 
I can't imagine that you um, have time to talk to every person that would uh, like some of your time, but I can't keep myself from trying. I'm an FSP signer, but I By feel... the way, the best way to get to talk to us is to call the show. I mean, we... We get a lot of emails, and they don't all get on the air, so it's not it's the true. best way. Um, I try to respond to an email that has been sent to me. If it's CC'd uh, to you, some kind of news story suggesting that we read it on the air, I, I don't usually pay much atten- pay as yeah. much attention to it. Um, you know, Thanks for CC'ing me, but uh, I don't consider that yes, my Yes, personal email. emails are, are much more likely to get a, re- a response. Right. So, um, I, it, but if you personalize an email that, and just send me a news story, I probably no, won't respond yeah. because I got, I got the news story. I'll put it in show prep if right. I need it. Thanks. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. I'm an FSP signer, but I feel fairly certain that I'll not um, be very soon that my commitment will um, initiate my move. Likely, um, what he means is that uh, it's it's five years from reaching 20,000. We, we're going to be at 9,000 here shortly. The uh, Free State Project at freestateproject.org will be at 9,000 shortly. You're talking about the activists that are moving, liberty activists that are moving in mass to New Hampshire. Those are the ones. Right. The, yes, those are the ones that will. They've signed up to move at 20,000. That's what the Free State That's Project is. Okay. Right. Okay, um, so I'm young, 22, no kids or attachments other than my family, and I'm looking for a place to plant myself. Of course, NH is the target whenever the time is right, but I feel that the project is going to take a long time, and there'll be no liberty in my lifetime. Main question, shoot me straight, because I really trust your opinion. Is it really worth it? Is it really the touching and invigorating atmosphere that I hear sold to me on Free Talk Live? It is for me. I, you know, the, you know that was the first thing that I said to him. Come out to the Liberty Forum, see for yourself what it's like. Uh, well, that, that's there. There's a, a great thing to do. Come out to the Liberty Forum, check it out. Or Porkfest, or Porkfest Freedom Festival. It's a good place to. Or even, uh, you know, pick pick a city or or two, or um, come and talk to people on uh, yeah, uh, the websites. Yeah, announce yourself. If you can't make it up for one of the big events, uh, Liberty Forum or Porcupine Freedom Festival, then uh, go to nhfree.com, go onto the forum there, and announce that you're going to come up for whatever the, the days are where you're planning on visiting, and people will schedule uh, an event to come meet up with you. You know, Go to Taproom Tuesdays on Tuesday nights in Manchester, come out to Social Sundays in Keene, and, and meet up with some of these and, people. And that's just an announcement for coming. If you go to or the Free State Project forums, there's also Free State, Free State Project forums, too. There's not as much in-state uh, activity on those forums okay. as far as the people that live in New Hampshire. It's more of kind of a forum for people that are cons- considering coming here. I mean, it's there is there are some people that are in New Hampshire on that forum, but I don't think that's the best place to announce. I think that you'll get a, you'll get a lot of activity and people that want to meet you if you just go on and say, "Hey, I'm coming up for yeah. a week." Blah blah blah. Um, girlfriend bringing a Winnebago. Whatever you're doing, well, I have to ask him but, um, before you go on. Yeah. If you go, if you are sort of on those forums and you you make yourself known and you talk to these people about, you know, they they get to know you a little bit on the forums. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be a problem crashing on someone's couch. So no, you can you save can, some money that way. Yeah, you can defer. A, what a grand? I mean, the hotels aren't cheap. Sure, uh, you probably defer a grand on a week trip by crashing on someone's couch, you especially if you're a young twenty-two year old yeah. male. It's not easy to go um, on these trips, and that's if if you get known right. by these people, I think that you'll uh, that that will occur. I've, I've seen people offer their couch to people that don't even that they don't even know. Yeah. I'd be less likely to do it. But, Me too. But but I do it. It's happened. I, I've actually absolutely have had uh, you know listeners to the show, people that I have I felt felt like there was a connection to stay at my house. 
Eh, you know, somebody who just writes in and says, hey, I need a place to stay. I can't, yeah. can't really do that. Right, but there are people that I've seen that happen where somebody will just show up on the forum, say, I'm coming up. Is there a couch I can crash on? And people will offer them even if they've never even heard of this person. I mean, it's just Good amazing. The generosity is amazing. I, I'm concerned that it, that might be taken advantage of and eventually wither away. I hope that doesn't happen. But, I mean, when people are so generous, inevitably somebody's going to come up and and use those yeah. people and, I, and they, they'll get jaded. And yes. I, I think that will be unfortunate. But anyway, um, you know, he's asking if this – he was talking about when the right time would be to move, and I don't know when the right time for him is, but I would suggest as soon as possible. Well, I understand, but basically what his concern is is the Free State Project has, uh, what, 600 movers, 9,000 signers. It's uh, been stifled. There's The movers are uh, – excuse me, the signers are increasing rapidly as are movers right now. There's been uh, sort of a sea change uh, with the Free State Project, and I think you're going to see us get to that $20,000 uh, $20, signers more quickly than previously. It's a big commitment for people. Signing's great and everything, but – Moving is what counts. And, and he, what he wants to know is, is it happening? Is is what we're talking about on the show happening? I can tell you that, I um, mean, we're not BSing you. I've never, I've <laughs> never lied about anything. Um, you know, I, as, as far as the Free State Project goes, I try to be as clear to people as I possibly can. The uh, the, the 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 things that we've done here, we've done. Um, the atmosphere, yeah, I feel that every day. But... I kind of, I, I know everybody. I, I almost always deal with libertarians all day long. 800-259-9231. I know, Wayne, you haven't had a chance to respond to this. We'll bring it back here in an hour or two. Calls are waiting. Uh, so we'll come back to this topic because I think it's important. Uh, yeah, nobody's BSing you here. These really are, in my opinion, the best activists in the world, and they're all coalescing here into New Hampshire. Hour three's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us all over at freetalklive.com. Right into your phone calls, we go to Eric in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eric. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, a couple of things. First off, a little bit of good news. Uh, I'm attending college right now, and I am about to get recognized uh, for a liberty group on campus. Recognized? What do you mean? Uh, we're going to become an official group on campus. So oh, cool. So we get cool. funding and we'll be able to spread the word of liberty. Great. Now, what, the the school is going to fund you? Well, we're, as a group, we get you know small amounts of funding from the school like anyone does. Huh. I didn't know they did that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but... Um, uh, now, this, this is why I called in, and uh, you guys have a pretty good knowledge of everything, obviously. I don't <laughs> well, know about that. We, we know a little bit about a lot of things, but I wouldn't say we have good knowledge <laughs> well, on what, everything. Uh, what I want to talk about is the Real ID Act. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's, that? What's going on with that these days? I haven't heard much recently. Well, I don't know about recently. Uh, it's, I, it's the number one concern in my mind about where we're going into the dangerous future. Um, because, you know, obviously they have remote uh, technology that's able to track people, and that's already in passports. Um, mm-hmm. RFID. Think it, I'm sorry? Yeah, the RFID chips that are now in the passports. That's what you're referencing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Do you think it's a, it will be a reality that they will try to implement this eventually? That they will try to implement the real ID? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, they're they're working on that now. I mean, they passed that, as I recall, back in 2005. The original implementation, I think, was supposed to be completed by 2008. But, of course, because we're dealing with government, uh, thing t- things take forever, thank goodness. And all of the, all of the delays and uh, the, the feds were mandating that the states had to pay for all of this out of their own budgets, uh, which made, made a lot of the state government people very upset. Uh, so many of the state government people actually rejected the Real ID plan based on the fact that they had to pay for it out of state money instead of getting a federal money of course it's all taxpayer dollars but getting federal money for the plans so that was some of the reasons why some of the states opted out of uh, real id some of the other uh, state government people were just upset on the uh, on a privacy level because they just have the there are certain types of people that live in places like montana and new hampshire uh, that were very upset by the idea of real id and and were already protesting the idea so there are a handful of uh, state government people that are actually rejecting it based on some level of some level of uh, of principle and the the concept of states rights and that sort of thing but i think the vast majority of the state governments are moving ahead with this plan i uh, i'm not aware as to when the current end date is i think it might be 2011 but i'm that's a number i'm sort of pulling out of thin air because it really has honestly been a long time since we've seen a real id related story on this program i do know that i uh, i did go through the renewal process for my florida driver's license and it still looks like a Florida driver's license, so it doesn't seem like even Florida, one of the more statist uh, states, has gotten on board fully with this program yet. So as far as it is it going to happen, you better believe they want this to happen. And you can expect the federal government to start threatening to cut off federal funds if the states don't. You know, if they don't play along with this, so it could really come to a uh, you know kind of a nasty head between the state government people and the federal government people. And what the feds have basically been doing is they've been setting dates and they've been backing off. They've been setting dates and backing off. And so when the uh, the state government folks say, "Well, we're not going to ma- meet your deadlines because we're not participating," the feds will then say something like, "Well, you have to participate, and we'll give you to uh, 2012 to do it this time." So they've been kind of pushing back and pushing back, and it's a sort of typical with what we've seen to some extent with uh, the government people is they they like to bluff you know they'll they'll make you feel like you're going to get into some trouble or the, they'll make the states feel like something's going to happen but then when the state actually stands firm and uh, and says nah we're not going to play along then the feds just back off and they go okay oh, well you know we'll give you a little more time to think about it and who knows maybe the feds really will crack down at some point i don't know but it, yes i would say the answer is they are going to go through with this the matter the question is really when a couple other things. Uh, uh, New Hampshire said that uh, that they're not going to do this, and they will do nothing of the like in the future. Do you believe that? No. I mean, you can't believe anything the politicians say. I mean, if the feds threaten to cut off federal funding, uh, that really motivates these politicians because they love the federal money. They uh, they don't want to have it cut off, and I think that could be the real Achilles heel here because the politicians are just a bunch of cowards. And yeah. they're more likely to uh, jump through the hoops for the federal funding than to do what's right uh, for the people of the of their state. Um, one more thing: Do you think they'll take the final galactic empire-ish move of doing the microchips? I think that's pretty paranoid. I, I think there are certainly some government people that would like to do something like that. I uh, I don't know how they would actually implement that beyond mandating it for all new school school children. I mean that's how they're going to bring in the Obama uh, his plan for national service. They're going to do it with middle schoolers and high schoolers. And so if they're going to bring in some sort of a chip, it'll be at that level. There's no way that they're going to to. I mean it's logistically an impossibility 
as far as for the government to achieve something like calling in all citizens to have them chipped. This is something mm-hmm. that would be incredibly difficult for them to actually successfully pull off, which is why what they'll do is they'll just settle for only indoctrinating the young people, bringing them into the national service program. And, you know, that might be part of the national service thing. Oh, well, if you're going to serve our country, you're going to have to have the chip or, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, who knows what excuse they'll use, but they're going to they're going to bring it in on the younger generations just because they have more control over them. They all go to school several times a week. They're completely under the control of the government with the exception of the homeschool kids. They're completely under the control of the state. And so that would be their easiest way to implement that. And they're taught to be good little worker bees who go off to work and do what they're told rather than being dynamic uh, people who think for themselves and have critical thinking skills who who manage their own destiny. And not to say that they can't grow up to be those things. It's just they're not taught that. Right. It's, it's more, more difficult. difficult. Yep. Any other thoughts? Uh, that, that's about it. Uh, call, I'd just Eric. like to say that that's, that's way past my line in the sand, and uh, I'd be long gone by then. Well, uh, hopefully you'll be here in New Hampshire because I understand the um, the impetus to leave the country and I know Julia has talked about this. She, you know, if it gets too bad, she wants to leave the country, and and I could see doing that at a certain point. But, of course, then you have to ask yourself, if it gets that bad, will it be easy to leave the country? That or, could be a tricky part. where do you go? Uh, and then where yeah, do you go? Do you I go? mean, you're going to go to another country where there's another group of people, men and women, calling themselves government with arbitrary rules. And in this case, it might be arbitrary rules if you're going to a, a, a place where they don't speak your language too fluently. It might be arbitrary rules you have a tougher time understanding than even trying to read legalese. So, I mean, I don't know if the idea of running away to another governmental uh, jurisdiction, so to speak, is going to solve the problem i think that the i I still believe the best solution is to get together with like-minded people and to that end the free state project is the only solution out there like that that actually has any viability at this point and i thank you for the call tonight good hearing from you good questions eric 800-259-9231 now think about it they're going to need to have that real id program in effect if they're going to bring about universal health care right you got to have a government mandated id card to have universal health care and we know that uh, i'm sure obama would like to see that day yeah, because eventually the goal really here is is to have all of your financial records, your medical records, everything about you linked to that chip or the data stored on that chip. Or maybe there's an ID that that basically goes through a computer and accesses uh, a server that that gives them uh, access to your information based Bureaucrats on what's on that chip. Love this kind of information. I mean, even if they're not going to use it for something nefarious, and I can give you lots of examples where governments have used this kind of information. It's the key to control for something mm. and nefarious. One even if they're not going to, what do they need it for? It's none of their business. The role of the more government they know, the more they is can to leverage. supposedly protect you from you know outside harm like uh, an invading force or police or something like that these things would fall into what uh, would be considered the legitimate well, role of government to, that people have uh, accepted in the past in the order idea to that pre- it's going to take you take care of you from cradle to hey, grave if you want our protection you'll carry this card i don't want your protection well that's what he said the role of government's for protection so i understand hey, i'm you just want saying protection you got to carry the card do i get the option well, if you don't carry the card, we're not going to protect you. Which means you have to get the hell out of the country. You won't be able <laughs> you're to buy anything. free in this free country because you're free to leave. You won't be able to buy anything because if it gets down to a system where you you have to swipe a chip or or something with a chip in it over the uh, cash register at the, at the grocery store, uh, there's a barter. A black barter, market will spring yeah, up. Yeah, black market will always spring up, obviously. But why do you have to do that? Buy a bag of weed, buy your groceries all at the same time. It could be a good thing. 
800-259-9231. Of course, I don't know if the black market produce will be in as good a shape. I don't know. It's probably not going to be a good thing. Anyway, 800-259-9231, which is why secession would be a good idea sooner rather than later. Because remember, old Barack Obama's already said it's going to take him two terms to get everything done. So he's already he's already given himself a cushion as to not doing anything quickly. More on the way. You take control. So time is on our side. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, and if if you're enjoying those features, then we'd like to ask you to help promote the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com and learning a variety of different ways in which you can help get Free Talk Live into more ears. Head over to promote.freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance tool ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative. Privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. You can get a free account over there at privacyharbor.com. I've got one. It is easy to use. Privacyharbor.com. As we continue with your phone calls, uh, we go to Dan in Pennsylvania on the amp line. Dan, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, hey, guys. Hey um, on Saturday, a guy called in and was talking about how there's a verse in the Bible in Romans 13 which uh, says that you know people have to follow the state because it was instituted by God. Now, um, I know that you guys don't really care so much what the Bible says, but I'm going to say this to any Christians out there who believe that or to anyone who will run into Christians who believe in that interpretation of that verse so that they can deal with it. Okay, um, please. First of all, uh, if you don't understand the original language it was written in, and I don't mean you have to be able to speak Greek, but if you don't understand sort of the the uh, idiom, you know, the idioms that they use, then you won't get a proper uh, interpretation. King and, James Bible is uh, what the, the language is God wrote it in and it's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I know those people myself. But anyway, Paul in that verse says two things about the government, that it's instituted by God to punish evildoers and that good people have nothing to fear from them. The word evil is kakos. In Greek, that means that which is destructive, baneful. Um, clearly, there's another word for just general wrongdoing. What he is saying there is that it is instituted to respond to destructive, violent acts. So even at the very most, he would be arguing for a government which protects the lives, liberty, and property of its people. Okay. And also, if good people have nothing to fear from the government, then when good people have something to fear from the government, then it's very clear that by that verse, the government no longer has God's mandate. Yes, it has so, subverted its original purpose. Right, and uh, that's sort of what I was uh, digging at with this guy is that, uh, you, you know, <laughs> that um, he basically said that government is instituted, you know, the, the verse says the government's instituted by God. And, well, what about the Nazis? Were they instituted by God? Yeah. No, right. no, 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 they weren't. Then, well, then how can you say the United States government is instituted by God? Because if the verse is all-encompassing, if you believe yeah. that, and you're claiming that it's not, and that makes very good sense to me, if the verse was, in fact, all-encompassing, then 
it doesn't the, the the Jews were killed for a good reason, gassed and burned and thrown in pits and all that stuff. That's good. God wants that, right? You know, so it's a silly. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the, the guy clearly didn't have much understanding of of what he was reading. Not only that, but there were 14 million people killed in the in the Holocaust, and That's true. a lot of them, I would say, were Christians. So, uh, yeah, um, right. Was that God's will? That, <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and and as a Christian, I believe that God is not evil. Nothing evil, therefore, can come from God. So when a government is being evil, it is clearly not instituted by God. Okay, hold on a second there. So as a Christian, if nothing evil can come from God, how do you explain the the whole devil thing? I mean, isn't Lucifer one of God's creations too? Well, uh, that's where free will comes in. Um, And I think that a God who created people and then allowed them to rebel against, you know, God's nature... Um, which is what he would want us to do. I think that's, you know, I think that's pretty freaking libert- libertarian of him, you know, if you ask my opinion. Even, even though that might lead to to bad consequences. I like your Christianity, so I'm not going to have any more conversation with you about Christianity. <laughs> <Yeah>. okay? <laughs> well, actually, I wanted to have I wanted to actually to have you hang on the phone here uh, as a uh, as a Christian because we got an email in regards to the Saturday show. Uh, from Rob in Florida. Now, his email address actually starts with for this country, so to give you an idea where this guy's coming from, here's what he says. Uh-huh. I'm tired of the Christian bashing. Saturday's show pushed me off the edge, and I deleted your show off my iTunes podcast directory. The sad part is that I recommended your show to some of my Christian friends. I think you should change your focus to promote the Free State Project for Atheists and change your show name to Free Talk Live with Atheists. I wasted a year's worth of my time listening to you. You read my first letter on the air, and I thought I could get over the bashing, but I just cannot take it anymore. Even Mark joined in this time, and I thought he'd balance it out, but I guess I was wrong. With that hate, you will not reach your goal of 20,000. I'm going back to listening to Catholic Radio. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry to lose well, the guy, and uh, you, you know, but it's uh, this show is going to be tough for Christians to listen to because. But it, he made it a year. He said he'd listen for an entire year. I mean, and that, Dan, as a Christian, how do you respond to that as somebody who's been listening well, for a while? First of all, I would point out that people tend to make statements in groups, and I know that when people talk about say, policemen doing bad things, you don't mean all policemen do bad things. And likewise, Mark, you hit it on the, you hit it on the head on Saturday when you said that, you know, there, that most people are going to be misled by false doctrines, and there would be that remnant, you know, the people who aren't the Pharisees, who don't want to jam our religion down other people's throats, who believe that Jesus came to promote peace and, and, uh, and liberty. I you thought know, that was totally reasonable, I, I, you said. I feel like we've got, I've gotten certainly uh, better, better at this, and that, you know, I'm not taking out my hate for the Christian religion on Christians. That right, I'm go- as a group. In, in fact, going after the people that are exactly like the people that Jesus was You're going after. You're zeroing in on the bad guys. Every time we talk about it, I reiterate this, and if you consider that Christian bashing, maybe you need to look at your Christianity. Yeah. Yeah, well, I believe it's perfectly possible for a Christian to not be a good Christian. However, those who follow Christ are the ones who act like him. And, you know, Christ was the one who shamed the people who wanted to stone the, the prostitute. And as far as I'm concerned, there's no moral difference between being the one to cast the first stone or voting someone else to do it for you. 
Yeah, I guess this guy's just upset because uh, you know we're critical of his religion, and and it's it sort of reminds me of the mindset where people will hear us say something, maybe they'll tune in for the first time, and they'll hear us talking about legalizing drugs, and they'll say you damn liberals, or they'll hear us talking about legalizing guns, and they'll say you damn conservatives. You know, they're not really understanding what we really stand for, well, and it seems like this guy is labeling both of us atheists, which neither of us are atheists, just because we're critical of the Christians means or the these Pharisee like. Christians means automatically we're atheists. I mean, well, this guy's been listening for to, a year to some extent. It people, not every night, maybe. Well, guess not. What I've found um, is that uh, pe- people that disagree have a tendency to hear what they want to hear coming yes. out of your mouth. Confirmation bias. I mean, I was on a uh, just to give you a an example. I was on uh, one of the local radio stations called in. I made some statement about uh, blacks coming out in larger numbers to vote for Barack Obama, and I wasn't making any point with this. I was just pointing out the voting silly. Um, came out with larger numbers than they ever had before, uh, like 90 percentile. In the 90 percentile, they voted for Barack Obama, blah, 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 blah. Some black lady calls in and said, He's, that guy's a bigot. He said that all, every every black person voted Barack Obama because he was yeah, black. that's not what you said. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, dude. Appreciate hearing from you and uh, your thoughts on this issue. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And the features include the updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Head over to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And want to invite you out to the Liberty Forum. It's happening in early March. Uh, the Free State Project puts it on once a year. We've been to the last two. We broadcast uh, live from both of them, and we'll be broadcasting again this time. And looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. It was a lot of fun last year, expecting it to be as fun uh, this time around. A lot of great people coming out, uh, liberty-oriented luminaries like Glenn Jacobs from the WWE. Uh, also, uh, we, we've got uh, Dick Heller coming from the Heller versus DC gun decision. Those are two of the bigger names. John Taylor Gatto will be there. Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land. Anthony Gregory from LewRockwell.com. Former Libertarian Party presidential candidate David Burke. England, and so many others. Uh, so you can come meet those people, and you can also meet a number of the great liberty activists that we have here in New Hampshire. Uh, you'll be able to meet all kinds of people. A lot of the, the, the folks you've heard call this show over the years, many of them attend the Liberty Forum. So you'll be able to meet them in person, network, socialize, libate, and have a good time, because it really is the best liberty convention I've been to. I went to um, a couple of the Libertarian Party of Florida conventions back down when I lived there, and they're just pathetic in comparison. This is the event to go to. If you can pick, if you pick one liberty-oriented convention to attend per year, this would be the one. Uh, it, it beats them all out, in my opinion. So come on up, have a good time, and join us at the Liberty Forum. Head over to freestateproject.org/libertyforum to get more information, get signed up, and use our discount code to save 10%. 2009 FTL is the code. That's 2009 FTL, and you can get all that uh, all that detail and get signed up at freestateproject.org/libertyforum. Some of the people you'll be able to meet include Dennis from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, who is on our line on the amp line. Dennis, you're on Free Talk Live. Greetings. 
Greetings, gentlemen. You were there last uh, last year, and you were actually shooting for your television show, New Hampshire Capital Access. So not only could they meet you, but if you're interesting enough, you might put them on television. Hey, yeah, especially crazy libertarian people. So <laughs> you guys were talking about Real ID just a few moments ago mm-hmm. and wondering about the current status. Yeah. So a quick Google search showed that uh, on the DHS.gov website itself, like the official Department of Homeland Security, they say that Real ID went into effect May 11th, 2008. But uh, not in Florida, I'll tell you that. But there are states that have been granted an extension to allow time to meet the requirements. I see. How many states have been granted the extension? Fifty. Oh. <laughs> That's great. And what is the extension? Is it out to 2012 at this point? It actually doesn't say on their website, but what is telling, if you start to laugh this off, um, they show how much grant money they've given out. And they've given $360 million last year alone to the states. So they're pumping out some cash to make this happen. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, it's it's like the loan shark syndrome. Yep. So it's moving along then, slowly but surely. And, you know, some states are on board much more than others. You know, the uh, looks like Kentucky got $3 million bucks that New Hampshire didn't want to take to implement the pilot project. Mm-hmm. So there, there's definitely, you know, a lot of momentum on this thing, at least at the federal level. Now, what was the latest with New Hampshire? As I recall, they, uh, they sort of put off the possibility of taking the money, but they haven't excluded no. the idea completely? No, New no? Hampshire has done... Get over it. Move on to the next thing. Yeah, our, really? our state law says we shall not participate. Oh, okay. It doesn't good. have anything in there about, you know, and it says, actually, it says, shall not participate in the federal real ID program or any national identification program that may follow therefrom. Nice. That's good to know. So that's done. We can move on to the next thing. Fantastic. I like that. Yep. So if you were looking to get away from real ID, as our earlier caller sounded like he was very concerned about it, you should move here to New Hampshire. Yet another reason why to, uh, to be here with us, uh, be surrounded by the activists, and you're in a, in a place where even the state legislature is telling the federal government to flip off. Who'd have thought that would happen? Yeah, and has at least uh, four or five libertarians elected into it, so that's kind of cool. That's true. The uh, the free stater. You're talking about the actual free staters, not just regular old libertarians. People right. that have moved into the state have uh, quadrupled in the the state government. What, well, you... the, the, the new movers, there's four of them, and then there are two people who are members of the Free State Project from before even a state was chosen. So is that a total of six? Yep. That's pretty good. Now, you were saying that NHLA has, uh, what, 90 um, endorsed candidates, and is it is just the state house, right? Uh, something like that, 90-ish, yeah. Now, th- those people are qualified as libertarian in the sense that one would uh, qualify them on the uh, world's smallest political quiz, right? Yeah, they'd be upper quadrant Nolan charters. You, you know, while we've got you here, Dennis, uh, I don't know if you were listening last hour, but we had a question come in via email. Uh, Mark, you had, uh, this gentleman was concerned that maybe we've been hamming it up here on Free Talk Live, that we've been puffing up the Free State Project and the activism that's going on here. Is the Free State Project for real, Dennis, all the things you're talking about? Are you BSing people here? Well, you guys really do ham it up. I'll, I'll give you that much. For example, all the brew. Oh, I wanted to say, hey, all the you know, um, this may be the last ever free talk live with Ian, right? Uh, I don't know about that. I, tomorrow I will be here, and then Friday at one thirty in the afternoon I'll be going to the Keene District Court, paying a visit to those people, and hopefully I'll be walking out. I plan on walking out. Uh, if they want to throw me in a cage, there's a chance, there's a small chance I might not be on Friday night. 
But you, you could get shanked in prison too, right? I saw that on Oz. Possible. That's pretty <laughs> unlikely too. Hopefully you'll have a nice cellmate. I'm not expecting to have a cell. Um, that's up to them. Uh, but I, yes, uh, there's a chance I will not be on Friday night, and uh, who knows? I mean, maybe not Saturday, and several days after that. It's it's all up to them and how violent they want to be. Well, all I'll say about uh, the Free State Project is anybody that wants to show up, there is so much going on, and you don't have to know. I mean, we're they're just ordinary people doing things that, you know, taking the time out of their lives to advance liberty, and it's not happening anywhere else I've nope. ever been. That's why I'm here, because it wasn't happening where I was, and there was no real prospects of it right, happening it anytime start. soon. Yep. Yep. I don't know if it's going to succeed. In fact, I'd actually put money on just pretty much the world going down some terrible 1984-ish dystopian future. Oh, you that and you negative libertarians. To me. You negative libertarians. Why be so negative about it? I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't be positive. Don't put money on uh, failure. We should be imagining success and, and working towards that. You know, there, it's feasible that parts of the country might, might end up that way, but if enough freedom-loving people are in one place, you can hold it back and prevent it. Absolutely. And they should get here sooner rather than later because this is for real. Uh, people like you, Dennis, are out there doing some uh, political activism that's actually having success, real tangible results uh, with with more free staters being elected than ever before. The New Hampshire Liberty Alliance having more volunteers, more ability to do things than it's ever been able to do. Of course, the, uh, the civil disobedience and non-cooperation continues and the support for that continues to grow. So, you know... If anybody else has this stuff going on where they are, we invite you to call in and tell us all about it. But beyond the occasional uh, Sam in Texas who's just sort of experimenting in the, the realm of legal land and sort of trying new things where he happens to be just because he feels like it, you know, there's the occasional individual here and there that's making a stand, but the there's guy, nobody backing him up. Right. The guy ran, is running for mayor somewhere in Illinois that called in earlier tonight. Right. I mean, there's people doing things. It's just that those people doing things have no backing. Yep. Uh, there's nobody around that cares, unfortunately. But up it's here, true. they do, and it's synergistic. Sure you is. know, somebody does something, somebody else does something, and it's, it's actually it's a movement. There's momentum. There are things happening. I, you know, I, ma- mainly I'm occupied with taking care of my radio show and bringing money in for Free Talk Live, and to me that's activism because it's a it is. it's a liberty oriented thing, and that's what my day is concentrated on. I do things here and there. But I wouldn't do anything if I was elsewhere simply because I know it wouldn't make any difference. You yep. used to stand out with a sign that says, honk if you don't like taxes, if you hate taxes, yeah, on, tax day. on tax day out in front of the uh, the post office. What was the point? I mean, you know, you were you were wanting to... It was I'm activism. Not, I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm just saying, what's, uh, it what was did back it succeed then, that, Well, nothing, right, back right? then, that was all I had. Right, it was Back nothing. then, that was all I could do. There was nothing else I could do. There was a handful of so-called libertarians, but they were mostly do-nothings, getting them to show up and... Volunteering at an event was like pulling teeth, taking care of uh, children. Dennis, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it, as always. 800-259-9231. That's the number. It is real. And Wayne wants your thoughts on it coming up here in moments. Is the Free State Project for real? You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Just enough time for your call. 
If you make it now, 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, and if you like the show and would like to help support Free Talk Live, we need your vote. Over at vote.freetalklive.com. How's our lead uh, doing, Mark? It's been a tight contest so far throughout the month over at Podcast Alley in the monthly voting contest. We are, I believe, currently at the number one position. However... We need your vote in order to stay there. It's at about 30. Um, we're about 30 ahead. So we like to have a good 50 spread, yeah. and we don't have that yet. So we need your votes at vote.freetalklive.com. We'll keep begging until we get them. So please uh, take a moment and go to vote.freetalklive.com. You can leave a comment if you would like. That's optional. Uh, but you will need an email address that's used only for verification purposes to make sure you're a real live human being. And uh, and it makes a big difference for us. Being number one in the podcast alley voting means we can crow to our advertisers or potential advertisers about being the number one podcast. And that, you know, it makes a difference for us. Uh, plus, it also means new listeners are going to see that top ten list. And, well, if you're looking at a top ten list, what are you most likely to click on to listen to? The number one show. So being number one means more new listeners coming across this show, more new people discovering liberty. And if that's valuable to you, please vote for us at vote. .freetalklive.com. So, Wayne, uh, the topic of discussion here, and we're going to get back to the phone calls, but I want to make sure you have a chance to chime in on this. The topic of discussion is, you know, you, you guys on Free Talk Live, you talk a lot about this Free State Project. I mean, it sure sounds great to, to me living out here in wherever, not in New Hampshire. Sure sounds great, but come on. Is it really that good? <laughs> it's, well, being here, it's, the question's almost laughable because... Every event that I've attended, even the Liberty Forum, every year it gets bigger mm-hmm. with more people and more speakers. Porkfest every year gets bigger and better. Uh, every, uh, you know, we do the annual UN flag burn. Every year it's bigger and better. Yeah. More people, uh, every one of these things. And it just seems like during the summer we get a big influx of new people all the time. When you go to a protest or you go someplace that's a that's, uh, uh, political activism type event, there's always people there, a lot of people, and it's not hard to gather them up to, to go to do something like this on not short at notice. All. Not at all. You can yeah. post a message on an Internet forum within 24 hours, and you can have 10 to 20 activists show up within a 24-hour notice. I mean, you don't have – back when I was in Florida, I had to beg and cajole and plead you know, and call the volunteers. Yeah. I, I had to get people to say they were vo- going to volunteer, but then I knew that even if they said they would volunteer, they still needed their hands held in order to know when to show up and what to do and all that. So in order to make sure that the volunteers would actually show up, I'd have to call them all in advance to remind them – Hey, don't forget, you're supposed to come out here, you know, tomorrow, because I, at one point, I just organized something, and people told me they would show up, and I believed them, and I showed up, and it was, like, me operating the entire thing by myself. So, mm. the people here are reliable. When they say they're going to do something, they do it. You don't have to hold their hand. Well, Mark, you do kind of stuff to hold his hand a little bit. <laughs> you know, that's just Mark. But, you know, I've never seen a more rabid group of liberty activists in my life. Right, and one of the most exciting parts about the Free State Project is it's not just the people moving in. It's also the New Hampshire natives that are getting excited. You talk about the most active liberty activists. I would say that here, at least in the Keene area, the people that I'm familiar with here, the the New Hampshire natives are the real doers. I mean, they're really some of the ones that are getting out there. They're creating some great liberty media, and their faces are, are visible, and when they're out there doing activism – 
nobody can um, can point to them and say it's those darn free staters coming in here trying to ruin everything. You know, it's yeah. not that's part of the synergy I was talking yeah. about. Um, right. Is that you know it's, it's activated people locally that uh, you know otherwise would have just done and done their little life and, and or they would have given up. They would have given up. But a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of New Hampshire natives view us as reinforcements rather yep. than outsiders, and that's really important because if you try to do something like this in a state like California or New York. You'd be up against big odds, but here you have a significant uh, portion of the population that views you as a reinforcement. It's so valuable, and they're so excited about, uh, by the fact that Liberty Lovers are coming in here. And the only thing that I might be disappointed about is that you know they're not coming fast enough for my liking. <laughs> I'd like yeah. to see double and triple the rate, and eventually that's going to happen. You know, I feel like uh, there's going to be a point of saturation. It's going to be reached, and at which ca- at which point we're going to see multiple movers into each different region per week. I mean, right now it's you know at least here in the Keene region, it's okay. There's one there, and then there's another one you know, a few weeks later in Manchester. They're certainly getting them at a much heavier rate. The Manchester being the more more populated area. And, of course, for those just tuning in, we're talking about the Free State Project, this influx of liberty-loving activists all moving to New Hampshire. You can get involved over at freestateproject.org. So I think Manchester's probably got the heaviest inflow of people right now, but it's you know it's not a constant uh, faucet that's been turned on. It's just, you know, they're coming in, they're coming in slowly, but it's still the initial early, early phases of the Free State Project. And I think what you're going to see happen is there are a lot of people out there that are planning... You know, within the next year, two or four years, a lot of kids, you know, young people, not kids, but young people in college, you know, waiting to finish up their college before they head out this way. And so as those people start to get their ducks in a row, you're going to see multiple people moving in in the same time frames. And it's got it might even become overwhelming. We might have so many darn people. Well, we won't know what to do. I mean, of course, it'll all self-organize. Right. It's self-organizing. There isn't any point in knowing what to do. Right. I mean, you. If if there's too many people showing up to uh, to one gathering, then somebody will spontaneously start another gathering for people to show up to. And uh, if, if I don't think there's going to be a problem with having too many people. It's just that at some point we're going to see that mass amount of people coming in here because there are a lot of people that are out there planning right now to move here sooner rather than later. And I'm hoping it's sooner because uh, the more people we can have, the better uh, the, the better off we're going to be, the more liberty we'll be able to attain, the faster we'll be able to attain it. It's just, it's a numbers game, and that's what's the most important factor, is getting here sooner. And the best part is it's very decentralized, so people mm-hmm. come here and, and work for liberty how they feel comfortable working for it. And there's no one telling you, you have to do this, you have to do that. People find their own niche, and they and they do what they do. Right, that's another one of the best things about it, is there, since there's so much going on, you can really be very selective about the things you want to get involved in, whereas back in Florida, I mean, Mark, it was like the Libertarian Party, and that's it. Yeah. So whatever the Libertarian Party happened to be doing, that was all you could get involved in unless you wanted to go start your own thing. And by the way, the Libertarian Party down there, whatever it did was usually a result of me going and taking my personal finances and starting something. Those guys would, remember, de- would debate forever if, the, if it was just up to them. I think it was 2000 or 2000. It must have been 2000. Uh, you put money in for the the libertarian candidates uh, i know it was your i know it was your money you gave it to me um so you know we oh, for the ad, radio ad? yeah we did for yeah. I, I did the radio ads you came to me and, and bought some radio ads um we found out you know that it was in fact your money and then we you know so i we changed the rates i don't know if you ever knew that but uh, jim hmm. big jim davis changed the rates from normal rates to you know people that work here right wow i didn't know that um yeah that's why you got so many but uh, you know so you put your money in absolutely yeah 
So, I mean, it was, that was it. Your only choice was uh, the Libertarian Party, and if they weren't doing anything except sitting around once a week debating the issues at Bennigan's, then that's all you had. Whereas up here, it's, well, do you want to do uh, media? Do you want to do market-based non-cooperation? Uh, do you want to do political action? I mean, and then, of course, within those three categories, there's all kinds of other options that you can you can choose. And if there's not something that's tantalizing to you and you've got something else that you want to see happen, start it. And then all you have to do is announce it and say, hey, I'm going to go do this. Would you like to join me? And then all of these activists that are interested in what you're doing are going to say, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So, like, as an example... One guy here in Keene decided to start doing fully informed jury association outreach. He said, I'm going to start doing fully informed jury association outreach. It's only once a month. We go out in front of the courthouse, hand out some flyers. Anybody want to help? Sure. Bam. Six people were there the first time. But We're talking about 830 in the morning on a work day. Well, you, you guys are a perfect example. You took your passion for liberty and created a radio show based on it, moved up here. Someone like Dave Ridley does the Ridley Report. He does a video he has a YouTube channel mm-hmm. chronicling what's going on up here. People are finding their niches and really enjoying what they're doing. So, yeah, this is for real. Freestateproject.org is the website. Let's go to Frank in New York. Frank, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Oh, no, we're not going to Frank. He dropped. Well, anyway, uh, so, yes, it is the real deal, and it's so exciting. I mean, it, it must be it must sound weird to somebody out there listening to us, getting so jazzed up about all the activism going on. Maybe that's why the the gentleman that emailed was you know wondering if we were being straightforward. <laughs> I can totally understand where he's coming from on that. He's never seen anything like it. Yeah, I've never I've never either. And I I totally understand people not believing me. Please come, come up, up to Keene, New Hampshire, spend a week, and you will see. Don't just come to Keene. Go all over the place, tour sure. the state. I, I can't, but I can't speak to what things are going on in the other the rest of the state. If you're asking me to speak the, the truth for me, I'm happy to do that. But the only truth that I can truly speak is Keene, New Hampshire truth. I hear about other stuff that's going on in Manchester and uh, up in Grafton, and I think Grafton's got some really great things going on in it. But all I can say is what's going on in Keene. Plus, it's not just about the activism, of which there's plenty to choose. It's also about the people. And the people here are some of the, the nicest. I mean, just the regular Granite Staters are just really nice folks. But the Free Staters and the Liberty Activists that are up here, the New Hampshire natives that are Liberty Activists, are just the n- most welcoming, nice people that you want to spend your time with. They're great folks. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, it has been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Back tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.